For MeatPoultry.com, I'm Joel Cruz, Editor. As part of his job working as a corporate chef for Oak Tree, Wisconsin-based Ascensia, Chef Dax Schaefer spends much of his time in the field, tasting his way through today's popular foods and identifying what are likely to be the food trends of tomorrow. In the second part of the interview with Schaefer for the Meat and Poultry Podcast, he talks about his passion for barbecue, which is a category he has found to be a perennial culinary trend and one that varies depending on location. In part two of the podcast, the chef discussed the differences in barbecue that are not only diverse in different parts of the United States, but across the globe. He talked about the five U.S. regions and what distinguishes them, but also the species, cooking techniques, and ingredients used by barbecue cooks around the world. Foodies and barbecue junkies alike will enjoy Chef Schaefer's stories of his pursuit of the greatest barbecue in the country, which has allowed him to visit up to 150 restaurants in the past six years, featuring low and slow cuisine. Take a listen to Chef Schaefer and let us know what you think of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, so I'm a Kansas City guy, and I, you know, everything related to barbecue, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a barbecue junkie, barbecue nerd. So can you talk about your experience with, I know it's it's a, a passion of yours too, and can you talk a little bit about your experience working with and creating this type of cuisine and the popularity of it in general, and then go on and maybe we could talk about maybe regional trends and um, you know global trends even in the, that barbecue realm in terms of techniques and spices and that kind of thing. Well, you picked a great topic and uh, passion is the right word because I get really excited when I start talking about barbecue. It's it is one of the coolest lines or uh, products in this country. I mean, just amazing food. I, I, I'm going to go back to a quick story of the very first time where I fell in love with barbecue. I was walking down the street in Dallas. It was after um, I had a few drinks with some of my coworkers. We were walking back to our hotel, and it was like I was like in a cartoon. And all of a sudden, from across the street, this giant smoke kind of made made a giant hand and grabbed me by the nose and pulled me across the street. And I was like just drawn to this smoker by the amazing aroma coming out of it. And I only had five bucks on me. And I'm like negotiating with the guy. I'm like, what can you do for five bucks? <laughs> you know, he made me a, a brisket sandwich. And I ate that on the way back to the hotel. And I'm like, what? And from that point on, I've been in love with barbecue. Wow. Right? With that meat. I remember it like it was yesterday. Just amazing. So there's so many regions. I mean, if we got like two hours, I can sit here and talk about it. Uh, there's five regions I really look at. There's Kansas City, there's Memphis, there's North Carolina, but North Carolina is split into two, east and west, and they're very, very different. You got South Carolina Gold, you got the East Carolina Mop, you got the West Carolina, uh, Carolina Sweet, you got the Kansas City Thick Sauce, you got the Memphis Sauce, you got Texas that doesn't even have a sauce, right? They got a rub. And if they, if you ask the pit master for sauce, he almost looks at you in disdain. It says it's over there in the corner. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. Um, so it's just one of those things where it is such an amazing culture in this country. 
and you can take the best chefs in the world and, and these guys who've been training them food their whole life and put them up against a pit master who's been trained by his father and his father's trained by his you know grandfather and all that and they'll lose to this guy because it's about love and passion about what they're doing um it is such a cool thing in, in the east part of the of the south you have is mostly pig right like in memphis you can see it's whole hog um, in South Carolina, you might get the shoulder and the, and the chicken. Then you get to Texas, and Texas is broken up into three different uh, regions, subregions. And, and if, uh, what most people think of Texas barbecue, they think of the central uh, Central Texas, which is brisket and, and beef, right? Beef is king. They have different attributes there. Like it's not just a brisket that's been smoked for 12 to 14 hours, and it's, it's just tender as heck. Um, they also have the hot links there, which you really don't see in the other territories and the different sides that go into all of this. Barbecue to America and to myself, it's a subculture that is just a pleasure to be submerged in at times. All the different food you get to eat. Um, and they all have their own special attributes. You know, I could talk about restaurants I've been to across the country and through Ascensia and, you know, doing research for them. And this is like, you know, I, I love doing my job. You know, there's times when I've probably eaten at probably about 100 to 150 different barbecue places over the last uh, six years. And 150 seems like a lot. It's even a ton when you look at it over six years. I mean, that is just a ton. We go out and we're doing the research. We're making sure that when we talk to somebody about North Carolina barbecue, do you want East, do you want West? You know, when they, oh, we want East. Okay, you know, that you got to shred the pork and you got you to have this type of sauce with it. So we're able to take them there. But inside of American Regional Barbecue, there's a drastic amount of um, regions and variations in those regions, and it's very specific. Kind of a, a cool story I have on this is when I was a developer for Palermo's, I made a uh, frozen pizza, barbecue chicken, and we sold it in the Midwest. In the Midwest, when you, if you, if I ask you to close your eyes, you think of a thick red tomato sauce um, that's a little bit of spice and a little bit of kick, right? And that is that's like Kansas City sauce. So we grew up in this part of the country thinking Kansas City is barbecue for everywhere. And so I made a sauce, I made the pizza, I made a Kansas City style, but we just called it barbecue chicken. And it sold incredibly well in the Midwest, incredibly well. We get people writing letters or emails, hey, this is the best pizza. Um, so much so that a big store took it nationwide. And when it got to the South, it went from love letters to hate letters. <laughs> this is not barbecue, what is barbecue is this? And, so everyone had their own opinion on what barbecue was. And had we called it North Carolina barbecue, had we called it Kansas City barbecue chicken, we would have been fine. Sure. Right? But the second we, we just called it barbecue blanket statement, my gosh, everyone had their opinions on it. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because every region's got their own, and it's every country, you know, because there's different techniques and different ingredients used too and different uh, species. But everyone's, it's all culture-based, right? So Texas has got their own kind of, mindset and culture in Kansas City, it's kind of a different a whole, you know, different mindset as well as the Carolinas and you, everywhere you go, right? Yeah, well, when you go look, when you talk American, um, the sauces are region specific and they're region specific because that's the type of meat they're using. So you can't take the Carolina mop sauce, it's perfect on pork. And they do the whole pork and they chop it all up and shred. So you get the, the fattier pieces in with the leaner pieces. So you get a lot of fat chopped up. And then you put a vinegar mop on it. And that vinegar mop with the melted fat turns into a vinaigrette, right? So all of a sudden it turns into this beautiful flavor on this pork. You take that same sauce and you put it on a, on a brisket from Texas. And it's like putting vinegar on it because it's so lean. All of a sudden that sauce doesn't work. These sauces were developed for the meats they used. 
The reason why Kansas City sauce is so universal, Kansas City is a meatpacking powerhouse. The chickens came in there, the beef came in there, the cattle came in there, the pork came in there. So when you think Kansas City barbecue, it's everything. It's beef, it's pork, it's chicken. You think Texas, you think beef. You know, so the sauces are specific to what the meat is. And Kansas City is the most universal because they had all the different meats. Now, I know you also asked me, what about international? There is really cool stuff going on with some international um, barbecues right now. Obviously, the big one is uh, Korean barbecue, right? Everyone talks, oh, my gosh, Korean barbecue this, Korean barbecue that. And if you go do a Google Trends um, analysis, Korean barbecue is probably 10 times more popular than Texas barbecue in America. And that, to me, is crazy. Well, part of that is the younger generation searching it out. The younger generations are more computer savvy, and they're looking forward to go eat Korean barbecue. Very, very popular. Um, another really cool one that I think it's more popular all over the world than it is here, Yakanuku. Yakanuku is like the cousin to uh, bulgogi. Bulgogi is what we think of as Korean barbecue. Okay, like if you say Korean barbecue and you go to a restaurant, you're getting bulgogi. Right? And there's many other Korean barbecues, but that's one in America we give you when you ask for a Korean barbecue. Yakanuku is the Japanese version. So you've had like yakitori, you've heard of that type of stuff, right? Yakitori, yakanuku are very similar. Um, flavor profiles and everything, they're both from Japan. But yakanuku is more popular than Korean barbecue all across the world. And yakanuku is something I think we're going to start to see, whether you see in the form of yakitori or something else, in the next few years with barbecues. And I think there's a couple of African barbecues that are going to get pretty popular as well. But African food is still seven years away, probably in, in America, it's still like five, seven years away. So yeah, you know, a segment has arrived when there's when there's a series of shows on it, and and those those barbecue competition shows have been on for for seven, eight, nine years, and more recently Netflix is. Have you seen any of the Netflix yes. uh, shows and the profiles, the Chef's Table Barbecue Edition? Yeah, it's amazing, right? I, I, and I think it's it's it introduces so many people into you know what there's more to it than just you know throwing a, a big slab of meat on a, a smoker and letting her go. It's it's the people that really have the passion and dedicate their lives to it and have a have a passion about feeding people and doing it the right way. And there's so much more to it than just the you know, obviously it's a lot of hard work, but there's so much more to it than just what it appears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see the one on um, Snow Barbecue in Austin, Texas? Yeah, with Tootsie. Yeah, Tootsie, the old lady Tootsie. She could probably run circles around me, and I'm a professional trained chef, right? And I know all about this stuff, and I'm really confident with my cooking skills. She is amazing, right? This this part of the subculture of barbecue, that is about passion. And, better, you, you know, when you go there, you better be humble and ready to learn because okay. there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of great stuff. Yeah, Tootsie, I, I want to get there before uh, while well, she's still around because that's a place that, to me, um, is the epitome of what barbecue is in this country. Yeah, I had the chance. I went to uh, Camp Brisket at uh, Texas A&M. Uh -huh. They have a, uh, a lottery system because it's so popular now, but uh, five or six years ago, I went there, and she was there, and I got to sit down. We had lunch, and I, at the time, I didn't really know who she was and what a big deal she was until I got to talk to her for a while and talk to other people about what a legend this woman is. And then I saw the, the documentary. I was like, that's, it, it's such a cool story. It's fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, I love uh, barbecue again. You know, we could sit here and talk for hours. So yeah. I would probably, if you got other questions, we might want to move on because as I talk, I think, oh my gosh, I need to tell them about this. or I need to talk about this. It, it's, 
it's just so, such a deep and um, varied subject that we really could talk. The shows, all you know, hour-long shows, and they don't run, they don't run out of them. Just, Absolutely. So that'll be our that'll be our next one. It'll be strictly barbecue, everything barbecue. You better pick a region then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See. There's all kinds of great ideas, but this has been a blast. I really appreciate you taking the time. This we hit a lot of topics and went all over the board, but I really appreciate your insight and your your expertise. It's, it's fascinating. You got a, a great great way of delivering your your knowledge in a way that you know people like me can understand. That I appreciate that very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, if I could throw a plug out there, anyone looking for help in a project like that, that's what we do here. You know, we, we're developing seasoning profiles and. I'm at Ascensi, we really take the time to, to dive in and make sure we're, we're guiding people the right direction. So it's just a fantastic company to work for. Love and the it. website? Ascensia.com. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, really go to the website, check it out. Um, we've developed in such a way, I'm trying to make it so it's a resource. My portion of the website, I want it to be a resource. So I'll write blogs, like this blog on uh, Central Region or Central Texas Barbecue. And it's not like, I went to 10 or 11 places my drive from Dallas down to Austin, just to even at these places. And I'm not telling you, oh my gosh, this is the best one. You have to get this here. Or this is the second best one, or this one's horrible. I don't talk about, I don't rank the places I went to. What I do is I'm like, hey, here's the history of Central Texas barbecue. Here's what you need to know about Central Texas barbecue. Um, here are what the sauces and the seasonings look like. And if you want to develop a product, this is what you have to hit. So I, I write these blogs for food developers and for marketers, not for the average consumer out there. Like somebody, some um, guy on the street finds my blog online and he reads it, he's gonna be like, well, that sucked. <laughs> but, but if a developer reads it, he's gonna be like, okay, I know what I gotta do. I know what I gotta work with. And then at the end, I'll list the 12 places I went because you need to know I wasn't sitting at my desk and just dreaming this up. Right. right. Yeah. That's what makes a good resource. That's what, what makes you a, a great resource for the industry. So yeah. thank you so much, Dax. And like I said, well, I'd love to do a, a, a part two or three <laughs> and cover some more topics in more in depth. So you let me know. I'm, I'm always willing to do it. Joe. Very always. good. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we'll stay in touch. It sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Dax. Bye. Bye-bye. Make sure to check out the latest monthly features from Meat and Poultry's print edition and stay on top of daily industry news online at meatpoultry.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at Meat Poultry. And if you liked or didn't like what you heard, or if you have suggestions for future topics or guests, please leave us a rating and review. Your feedback is really valuable as we develop future podcast topics. Thank you for listening and have a great day.